This is the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast with your hosts, Chris Spear and Andrew Wilkinson. Each week, we'll be speaking with food entrepreneurs and people in the culinary industry. If you're interested in learning more about our organization dedicated to helping people build and grow their food businesses, look us up on the web at chefswithoutrestaurants.com and .org and on Facebook and Instagram at Chefs Without Restaurants. Now, enjoy the show. What's up, y'all? We're here. I'm Andrew. This is Chris. And this is going to be our pre-official first episode of the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. This is like a preliminary episode just to kind of let everybody... It's actually going to be more of a conversation between me and Chris to figure out exactly what our goals, mission, and you know values for this podcast are going to be. Um, we decided to just kind of wing it and and figure that out along the way. So we're going to start the documentation of those things right here, right now, today. If you're listening to this, maybe in a week or two, you'll be able to listen to our very first podcast where we interview each other. But this is just kind of uh, to let everybody know what we're doing. We're going to kind of put it out there. I think a lot of you, if you're listening, probably have some familiarity with us, both personally and the Chefs Without Restaurants group. But if you're a new listener, and I hope we're going to have thousands, maybe millions of new listeners out there, we're going to kind of let you know what this is all about. So I guess we should start by talking about Chefs Without Restaurants and what that is all about. And I think that you, Chris, are probably a little more well-suited to do that since you are the founder of Chefs Without Restaurants. So I have a personal chef business called Perfect Little Bites. I bring the restaurant experience into my customers' homes. I started that as a side gig about 10 years ago, and I've been doing it uh, full-time for three years now. But I, I found that there weren't a lot of resources for what I was doing. I mean, there's a personal chef's association, and I actually joined them probably about seven years ago, took their class. There's a lot of information but it didn't really fit with what I wanted to be doing, so I started to blaze my own path. And in the process, I found a lot of success as a personal chef. And people started asking me to tell my story. I did a bunch of podcasts, interviews uh, with other people. And I kept kind of saying the same things over and over. But what else came out of it was I found that I needed some resources that weren't out there. People to bounce ideas off of, questions to ask them. Something that is huge for me now is, you know, I don't have employees for my business, so how can I find people to work for me? And I thought I'd very informally have a group, uh, mostly through social media, of people in the D.C. metro area that I could rely on. We could help each other out, share jobs. Quite often, you know, I'll be booked on Saturday night and a customer would say, hey, can you come work, do a dinner for me on Saturday? And I'd have to say, sorry, I'm booked. But then I thought, well, you know, I, I've started to get a lot of friends who are doing this. Why shouldn't I be sharing the jobs with them? So I thought I was going to create something super informal where I could kind of share jobs with friends and vice versa. And Chefs Without Restaurants was born out of that. And I can get into the name of that uh, in a little bit. But I thought it was going to be just a handful of people. And then I talked about it on my personal Facebook page. And just said, hey, I'm starting this thing, Chefs Without Restaurants. Here's what it's all about. And I'm friends with Laura Hayes, who writes the food column for the D.C. City paper. And I think that afternoon, she messaged me and said, 
I think you've got something here and I'd like to talk about it this Thursday. So could you hop on a call tomorrow? And I did. And then it went to print. Uh, and then by the weekend we had like 200 people follow the Facebook page. And that's when I realized that there was something here that was bigger than just me and like three people I knew. And it's been helpful to me just to have that page to go to or, or like see what people are posting to chime in on discussions and stuff. Yeah, hopefully, uh, along with like some listenership, hopefully we can grow that platform as well. Yeah, and uh, so one of the things for me is also that I feel a lot of these resources can be free and should be free. For me, it's kind of like sticking it back to the man because there's these platforms like Thumbtack, you know, and I, I still use them somewhat, but that's a platform where people can come on and customers and say they're looking for a chef and here's the details. And if you want to get in front of that customer, you send them an email and it costs anywhere from 30 to a hundred dollars to get a lead. And even if it doesn't pan out, you've still paid the money. And we have enough chefs in our group that I think we can be sharing these for free. You know, the platform without the chefs, there is no platform. And I think you can just share the love. So if I can't do a gig on Saturday night, it doesn't hurt me to send the job to a peer, whether it's someone I know personally or just someone within our group who maybe I've never even met uh, without saying to them, okay, but pay me 30 bucks or give me a percentage of that. And that's what I wanted was to build this network where we could kind of do a lot of that in-house. This is a group that there's no official membership. You don't have to apply. There's no cost or fee. I don't charge a, an annual or monthly membership. I'm not looking for any money out of gigs. I just say, you know, contribute to the group, share your knowledge, share resources, help one another. And that's kind of what I'm looking to get out of it. So this is not something that I've currently monetized. I mean, yes, I'm looking long-term at ways to monetize, but I want to keep it free for the chefs. So that's the, the balance that we're trying to walk right now. I know we talked about this already today off audio, I guess. There was a term that you used. We actually already went through this already. Was it food businesses or independent food businesses? Independent independent food operators. operators because we're not trying to have a narrow scope. Like this podcast and this resource isn't just for personal chefs. It's not just for a food truck operator. You know, I think what we're trying to target is someone who is who could be a personal chef, who could be a food truck operator, who even though it's called Chefs Without Restaurant, might have a dream to open their restaurant, but you have to start somewhere. You have to be somewhere at some point where you are a chef without a restaurant. And, you know, I guess the whole purpose behind all this is to leave our our print on the... Um, on the world. On the world, on the industry, you know what I mean? And kind of like push it into a better direction. So I guess if we can influence any of those people, whether they're opening a restaurant or trying to be a personal chef or being a food truck, that we can push the industry in a direction that's beneficial to all of us through our listeners and, and members of the group. Yeah. The entrepreneurial spirit. So one of the things is I live in Frederick, Maryland. I'm not from here. I've grown up and lived in bigger cities where there seemed to be a food community. And I moved here and there's a lot of restaurants and I thought there were going to be so many cool chefs who would want to do events together, network, have a good time. I could be mistaken, but I have not found that community. This is a owner driven community of food 
uh, establishments and not chef driven. So, you know, there's a lot of discussions about, you know, ROI and dollars and cents of things. And there weren't a lot of chefs who wanted to hang out and network and help each other out. And then I found this group of personal chefs, caterers, food truck operators, but extending that to people like Sharon at Olive and Basket, which is a specialty store where she sells vinegars and olive oils and spices and stuff. You know, she's not a chef. It's not a restaurant, but she's an entrepreneur. She has her own food business. You know, I want to support her. I've done events with her. And bringing people like that into the group. You have restaurants like Roast House Pub with Chef Nico, who is amazing. One of my favorite chefs here. He's been very supportive of me, the group, but I think a lot of that comes down to he is the chef owner of his business. He's not part of a larger restaurant group, you know, so he's still fighting the same challenges that I think we as small food entrepreneurs have. So for me, it was more connecting with people who understand the challenge of owning and running your own small food business. So yeah, you know, we extend that out to also some small, smaller restaurants. Mm -hmm. I think at a deeper level, really what it's about is uh, it's about culture, you know, like you know, you hear a lot about company culture and, and like business culture a lot now. So like, I guess w something that I think it would be cool to tackle is just like industry culture. And people are trying to change that already. That's already a thing. But you know, like in our niche and what we do and who we think we can influence and bring value to, I think uh, impacting that aspect of the industry and developing that culture is is definitely a worthy goal. And I didn't have a lot of mentors physically, like in the kitchen. Like there weren't a lot of chefs that I actually worked with who I would consider mentors. But in the rise of the internet, you know, I think there are some really great chefs who I'm super appreciative who helped me out or, you know, would interact with me. So, you know, I grew up in a time when you'd work for a chef and they had secret recipes, right? Like they wouldn't even tell their cooks what was in a dish. Uh, because they were afraid you were going to go open up a rival clam chowder restaurant, which is ridiculous. But then I've been on, say, Twitter for like 10 years, and you have these really great chefs like Alex of Ideas and Food or Dave Arnold of Cooking Issues, you know, guys who are doing really cool stuff who are essentially open books. You could ask them any question and they would answer it, or they just would interact with you. And I really loved that about the food internet, especially starting about 10 years ago. And I just, I like that idea of community, of not seeing each other as competitors, but seeing each other as peers and helping each other out. And I missed that. You know, I was working for Sodexo and I had a hundred employees in the kitchen. So if I made a dish, you know, I could bounce it off of sous chefs, chefs de cuisines, dishwashers, everyone and get feedback. And now it's kind of an echo chamber where I work by myself every day. So I wanted to have a community not necessarily for people to, to taste my dishes, but just, you know, sometimes you just want to shoot someone a text and say like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, let's do an event together because I miss cooking with people. So I just wanted to have this thing where I could, you know, maybe get out of my solo uh, kitchen environment and hang out with other like-minded uh, people working in the food world. I wrote down before we started recording, uh, you know, just a couple of sections. It was like goals, values, and mission, you know, because I feel like that's kind of like the driving force behind what we're doing. And if we set that out clear, we can go so much further if we know where we're, where we're heading. So I guess um, just real quick, jotted down some words for the values that I know I hold and that Chris has expressed. And that's uh, culture, strong culture in this industry, community, uh, which is exactly what the Chefs Without Restaurants group is about, collaboration, which is the spirit in which 
Chefs Without Restaurants exists because uh, of the lack thereof kind of in the industry in our town. And we want to educate. So education is a value. Uh, we want Chefs Without Restaurants, the group and the podcast to be somewhere where people can get educated, uh, whether it be, you know, even just down to who their peers are in the industry or, you know, best practices. Yeah, I'm sharing resources. There's a, a chef who reached out to me via Instagram a couple of weeks ago. And he's someone who I've been Facebook friends with for a long time. And I don't know him personally, but he's trying to get a personal chef thing going. And he was asking about kind of like how I interact with my customers. So I have a lot of templates, uh, template emails, templates for poll sheets. When I go do an event, uh, there's a questionnaire that I have every customer fill out where I collect their data, you know, their, their name, their address, their budget, what they like and don't like. I've already done the work for that. If you need that, I will share it with you. So I sent him an email with that. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like I have no problem saying, yep, this is what I give a potential customer and have them fill out here, take my file, make changes to it as you see fit. And I think there should be more of that. Like, yeah. I'd love to have a database of templates, emails, things like that, that we can all share because we shouldn't have to start from scratch. I could benefit from a lot of that stuff. I've, I've been running my business off of kind of just, you know, I'm not the most organized person. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm not either. It's tough. I, I have a little of that ADHD coming in and, um, it's been a challenge, a blessing and a curse, not having a boss to hold me accountable. So I have to hold myself accountable to myself. Uh, and I'm kind of a free spirit and would rather get up and just do the thing. And I've had to put these kind of things in place to keep me on track. Well, that's hilarious that you mentioned that because that segues perfectly into the next value that I wrote down, which is accountability. Whether it's accountability for ourselves as independent food operators or accountability for the industry as a whole, you know, we're trying to shift this thing for the better and so that everybody can benefit from it. And, you know, they say all boats rise with the tide. So I think we need to hold each other accountable so that we're not one holding each other back or, you know, everybody's just doing their part. And then the last value I think, which is doesn't even need to be said, but it's just about quality food. We definitely want to inspire people to, to do what they do the best and make the best things they can and use the best ingredients they can. Well, hopefully supporting local farmers and such in the process. Of course, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but it's definitely something we need to put effort into to shift this industry into something great. Those are the values. Uh, and then I just jotted this down a second ago while we were while you were talking. Here's what I have for a mission so far. You tell me if, if you want to edit it. You know, this is and this is ongoing. Like this might change in a month. This might change right now. It might change in a year from now, but. Uh, I think it's important just to have it. So the Chefs Without Restaurant podcast is an audio resource for independent food operators to be inspired and shift the industry to enrich every person involved and affected by it. Wow, that's super eloquent. I like how you write that. Yeah, I might be a good writer. Maybe. If I can get some long format writing down, I, maybe, you know, I can do some pizza today articles or something. You're today. way more organized about the business that I started. No, what? I like, I like, I like how you've articulated this. Maybe that's my strength. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, what am I actually good at? You know, and maybe we can help people with this too. I obviously have drive and goals that I work towards. And uh, what do you call that when you like, you're motivated to do stuff? Motivation. <laughs> yeah, that, but there's another word that I'm searching for. But anyway, 
I think a lot lately, like, what am I actually good at? What's gotten me through four years of my business? Like, what's gotten me to where I am at today? What's what's gotten me to the point where I believe in myself enough to do what I do and be my own boss and, you know, like, or, or anything that's not work related, but like, what, what are you good at as a person? Sometimes it's hard to like pinpoint and pick those things. And I guess from what I've learned from other people is that like, you obviously, you just have to try things and like do different stuff to learn things about yourself. And that's how you figure it out. And I think like articulating this stuff, maybe that's one of my strengths is just even in my own head, if I'm not speaking it, but just articulating what my ideas and po- what ideas and possibilities that I could like that I dream for. I think it's was, so. I think it's interesting because I've always self-identified as an introvert. I have a lot of people tell me like you're not an introvert. Like you do all these podcasts. Like you're getting out there. And there's a difference between being an introvert and being shy. But you know, having my own business, I didn't study business in school. I went to school for culinary. And then as you break out on your own, it's like well. You have to be a marketer, right? So it's mm-hmm. like now I'm making like videos on TikTok. Like, and I don't care how I look. Like, pretty good. You, know, you know, it's just like I've yeah. had to to grow my business. I've had to get out there, and that means like writing, blogging, networking, marketing. And in the process, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed this the the process of building community, of talking to people. I just think I I grew up with like I didn't like the people I grew up with, like my hometown and. I was an arts guy kind of in a sports town and just didn't find my tribe. So I didn't feel like I had a voice. And then you meet like really cool, like-minded people and you realize like, Oh, I'm not really shy or whatever. I just, you know, what I had to say, the people around me didn't want to hear what I had to say. So building the community that I wanted to be a part of and giving this group room to grow. It's a little different for different people. We have people who consistently come onto the Facebook page and just say, Hey, you know, I'm doing an event on Saturday and I need someone to work on my food truck. Like that's what they get out of it. I have other people who want to come in and want resources such as email templates and then other people who just want to come on and bounce culinary ideas. So I've given it a lot of leeway. So it's hard to articulate quickly in an elevator speech when people say like, what is chefs without restaurants and who's it for? Because it's a little different for everyone. And then we have the two sides. It's for the chefs, but it's also a resource for customers. You know, we're building a database of chefs. So when you come on as a customer, you know, I'm hoping to be able to get you whether you need a food truck for your event or a personal chef like myself for a small dinner or a caterer for 200 person wedding. Like I want to be able to find that for you. So there's kind of a dual purpose. Uh, You know, we're a B2B organization, but we're a B2C organization as well. Definitely stay tuned for the app. Oh yeah. Yeah. App development. Like seriously, I do have a couple things that are cooking that I'm not even remotely close to blasting out there, but I would love to have an app if there's any awesome app developers. No, I mean, there's a lot of apps, you know, like Thumbtack has an app where you can go on as a customer and put in a gig and all that stuff. Shout out to Thumbtack for the low price of starting at $2 million. You can buy Chefs Without Restaurants and I'll shut it down and go start something else. Just thought I'd mention it. I'll take a couple million. But there are a lot of great opportunities out there. And I think that this thing could potentially grow into ways that I haven't even thought about, especially as we bring more members into the group um, and just kind of see, you know, I'm going to consistently be auditing where we're at, what people are getting value in. But I just think this, the podcast itself is really cool because I get to sit and talk to people I really like. Huge portion of the guests on this show are going to be people that are part of the group or maybe just people that we would love to be part of the group. In the effort to provide value, you know, I think maybe you have a 
food photographer on who can talk about food photography or something, or, you know, it might be someone in marketing, you know, all the things that we're not maybe good at or have a lot of experience in bring in these auxiliary businesses. I, the only thing that I have written down that we haven't gone over is goals. And I actually don't have any written down because I think that's kind of, it ties in with the mission and values. No, I think the mission and values are, are, are the goals, you know, just to continue educating, supporting, building community. Um, if you stay true to the the pillars of that, you know, I'm all about no drama. You sometimes have, have to walk the line between thoughtful disagreements and drama. You know, I don't want someone to try my food and say it's not good, but I'm fully of the mindset that if I make something and you try it and you think it could be better or need something, I'm open to that. I'd love to see that. You know, if I go out to the pizza truck and have a slice of Andrew's delicious pizza, maybe if I'm feeling that it's a little too salty or a little too something, you know, I want to be able to say, hey, you know, good pie, but I felt it was a little salty and that he's not going to get all testy about it and that I can talk about that. I think that's that's a big thing. That's something I always tried to teach my cooks who worked for me is that they should be tasting each other's food and critiquing it thoughtfully um, before it even got to me to try it. And hopefully we can do that with each other. The first time I came and cooked with you, I was kind of like, I didn't know what to expect, but um, there was just a level of like autonomy there. Like, and I realized because it's like you, you wouldn't have asked me if you didn't think that I was capable. And with that, you're just like, all right, you do this. And I'm like, oh, well, and, and like, should I be asking a bunch of questions or maybe he's just letting me do my thing? And customers are normal sure. people. I think it's easy to default that the chef only has his sous chef or chef de cuisine or something taste his food. But, you know, you also have to think that a customer might have a, a less trained palate, for lack of a better term. You know, I'm all about giving my 16-year-old dishwasher in a restaurant some food to try and get their opinion because they would maybe be a typical customer and see what they think and not come at it with a very chefy kind of opinion. But yeah, giving giving employees autonomy, you know, I was running a big operation with 100 plus employees and I didn't want to be married to that job and have to be there all the time like you have to trust that the people working for you or with you can can do the job on their own. I've always wanted to just train people really well but teach them how to kind of go off on their own, riff on their own and not be concerned about minor little tweaks and adjustments like Andrew could come on a gig with me and I could say make this vinaigrette and I try it and maybe it wouldn't be a hundred percent the way I do it but it's probably going to be like 90 percent or above and rather than micromanaging that situation I can go fast and we can still put out a, an awesome product even if it's not a hundred percent the way I would have done it and then critique me on the back end Chris has a point here and it really comes down to like ego you know like yeah he's, he built a little opportunity you know i'm helping him out and he's giving me an opportunity to learn some of these things or just do something different and um to get some experience and you know if he had so much ego involved as to like throw this whole vinaigrette away because it was 95 percent and not 100 or even like 85 or 75 percent and not 100 like honestly a 75 percent to us cooks could be super delicious to a consumer and they won't even know the difference. It's just like, oh, this isn't how I want to taste it. But somebody who you're just giving it to is going to be like, this is the best shit I've ever had. My wife gut checks me all the time. She used to be a chef and she comes out on gigs and like, she'll just say like, it doesn't matter. Like nobody's going to notice that. Like I know you notice that, but they're not going to notice that. And that's yeah. kind of the way I have to think about it with, with my business. And I think we could all 
do a little more of that, like letting go just a little bit that, you know, it's, it's going to be good enough. So what I did here for these goals is I basically, I have columns. There's the values on the right side and goals on the left side. And it worked out super nicely because what you said about the values and the goals being, or the values and the missions being the goals. Well, really, I think, I think the, the goals and the values kind of encompass what the mission is. And even though the mission doesn't state all these goals and values, it worked out nicely because I pretty much just added verbs, verbs and maybe an adjective or two under the goals next to the values. So I'm going to repeat the values with words in front of them to tell you our goals. And the goals are to build culture, to organize community, to encourage collaboration, to always be educating or being educated. So always learn, uphold accountability, and to promote the quality of food. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Sounds pretty good to me. I think we're going to run with it, and that might change a little bit too. But So we want to hear from you. Like, What are you interested in? Why are you here? Why are you listening? Why do you want to be a member, an active member of our community? What can you bring to the table? What are you not really interested in uh, that maybe we've gotten into in the past? And how can we help you? Yeah, definitely. If you can, if you hear something on here and you're like, that doesn't matter, I don't give a shit, your opinion might be very valid to a lot of people. So let us know that or let us know the things that we mentioned that you feel are very important. And maybe we can try to like make it a point to really uh, focus on those, you know? So definitely reach out to us. You can either, you can hit me up personally or Chris. He's Act Perfect Little Bites and I'm at Free PZA. And you can also hit up the Chefs Without Restaurants, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. So there's two – right now there's a chefswithoutrestaurants.com and there's a chefswithoutrestaurants.org. And I own them both. The .org is almost – it's really just like a landing page that I've maximized for mobile. So when you go to the Chefs Without Restaurants Instagram, uh, instead of having to pay link tree, I just did it myself as a WordPress page. So you can still go to it on a desktop. Um, but really it's just to highlight different members and have different links and stuff that are relevant that looks good on a mobile platform. But you can communicate to us um, by either of the Chefs Without Restaurants sites Social media is super quick. You can send me a DM on Instagram or the Facebook page or group. Do that and go ahead and rate and review this episode if you're excited about this podcast. I know we're really excited to give you these episodes with our esteemed guests and colleagues. And our first ever episode will probably air sometime in December. It's just me and Chris. You can get to know us and... You know, we're going to get into the format of the episodes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, definitely in the meantime, just just stay posted, stay updated. Definitely reach out to us with any questions, concerns, or comments you have. And again, we're super excited to bring you Chefs Without Restaurants podcast, which is an audio resource for independent food operators to be inspired and shift the industry to enrich every person involved and affected by it. Quick Instagram plug. If you are on Instagram and you should be on Instagram, when you post a photo with your food, use both the hashtag chefs without restaurants and you can tag the business in there and it'll show up in the feed. Uh, And I'm trying to be good about reposting those photos and stuff too. So the fastest way to get free publicity and reposted is to use both the hashtag and the, the tagging. All right, everybody have a great day, great week, great month. We love you, and you'll be hearing from us soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show or sponsoring a show, please let us know. We can be reached at chefswithoutrestaurants at gmail.com. Thanks so much.